0: Of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey.
1: Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance.
0: Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcast from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation, land that was stolen, with no meaningful treaties. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. In today's show, I'll be playing a snippet from the archives with a live performance by Emily Collier at Girls on Key in March 2020. And then I will chat to the founder of Girls on Key, Anna Forsyth, over the wire from Aotearoa. Or New Zealand. The Melbourne Girls on Key recently became Radio Laria, and I'll be talking with Anna about new projects in the works. We'll also play a listener contributed poem by Macho Cassidy, so please stay tuned. First up, here is Emily Collier live at Open Studio in 2020.
1: Ah. Thank you, Laura. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I just think it's always an immense privilege um, to be asked to read your poetry in front of other people, so I appreciate everybody being here very much and the invitation. It's really lovely. Laura did a, a great acknowledgement of country earlier and I think feel like, feel like I hope anyway, that we're living in a time where all of us are thinking a little more carefully about the land that we live on and um, our responsibilities and, and, and uh, what we can do, especially those of us who are not Indigenous to this land. So... I'm going to start with a poem that um, looks a little bit at this and actually ties in nicely with the last poem we heard, which was a wonderful one about fishing. Um, not directly, but anyway, the title's a bit similar. This is called With the Fishes. The terracotta warriors are visiting Melbourne. China's first emperor, Qin Shi Huang, had them made as guardians of immortality, part of his quest to cheat death and become a God. Cues to see the warriors snake out of the gallery around the rectangular pool so many use as a wishing well. In towns all over the east of the country, people are lining up for water rations. The Murray-Darling River system is floundering. Months after the death of millions of fish, nobody can say for sure what happened or whose fault it was. Murray cod, silver perch, and bony brim corpses washed up on banks floated in the barely flowing rivers and lakes. When I was a kid, we ate smoked cod on Good Friday, a reminder about Jesus and sacrifice. Slow cooked, butter and salty, the memory tastes slippery like childhood, scrape of forks on the good china, holding the flesh in my mouth. Legend has it that Xin Shi Huang imbibed mercury, hoping for an eternal life elixir, but it killed him. To prevent panic at his unexpected end, hide the stink, his body was transported in a cart surrounded by rotting fish. Today, the whiff of death lingers. A woman interviewed says her home along the river now smells permanently like a fish market, a vast stench hiding something dead that we can't quite name or look at yet. 8,000 statues built over 36 years by 70,000 workers I try and picture the daily labor, underground, toil of hands, a life spent building one man's legacy. The warriors were unearthed two centuries later by farmers digging a field, stones roll, saviors rise. Our push for permanence runs deep, hubris to think we can outwit the end, play God with what we're given, bend nature to our will, eyes on the miraculous or apocalyptic horizon. How about this? By a lake or river, cup of water in your hand. Could you drink it? Would you want to? And if not, what then? Thanks. Thank you. Um, this oh, you Thank you um uh this poem was published recently in a special edition of the Australian poetry journal and the invitation was um was dis dis and it was respond to notions of um, disability however however one might respond to that um Andy Jackson and Jennifer Harrison curated the edition and I was very surprised and really thrilled when they when they accepted this poem um, which felt like a bit of a slant ways into the subject for me but um very very meaningful and personal to me um, and I was Really thrilled that they published it. Um, it's called Vestige. Tucked in the front of the blue drawing book, a certificate. Good grades. This student has higher than average talent. From the dusty bowels of the last place that resembled a family home, a remnant. My uncle's art folio from more than 60 years ago. Handwritten class notes. Hue, value, chroma are the distinctions that make up colour. An article clipped from Time Life magazine about Vincent Van Gogh. The papers are soft with age, mould dust tickles my throat and coats my fingers. As a child, all I knew was that Uncle John had a breakdown when he was young. So sad, so gifted. He lived with us for a short time in the little bedroom. When we got burgled, police dusted the windowsill, leaving white powder fingerprints. My skin crawled when I walked past the door, evidence of tampering and invasion. I learned that he burned most of his artwork. How did electroshock therapy change what he saw inside and out? He is still alive, unlike his brother, my father, who couldn't keep his head above the drowning line. Decades in supported accommodation, quiet, sentinel at family functions. My mother shows me a chopping board he made and gave her, keeping hands busy, an exquisite object, the work of an artist, carefully crafted patter of grain against grain. I want to ask more about his story, but family habits hold strong, don't disturb the past. A kind of suspended sorrow, what might have been, what was lost, How much of this grief code is mine? The dream about my nephew's blue scales, the golden sheep serene in their wood-carved trees, panic on the floor in North Indian hills, my first therapist, do you think you're having a manic episode? No, I just went shopping. I was happy. (laughs) A spent lightning rod I carry, hold it gingerly when walking into storms. I've been doing a fair bit of research lately into Greek mythology and um, have been particularly taken by the Furies, who were these um, uh, creatures, I suppose, who passed judgement on on people and were particularly seen as particularly kind of nasty and gruesome. Um, But I I kind of thought they were quite cool, so um, I wanted to write about them. So that's a little bit of the context as for who they are and hopefully there'll be enough to um, to get the story across and then some other bits and pieces. Anyway, so it's called Waking the Furies. We don't remember our birth, but have heard the story. Left hand of Kronos, genitals seized, quick slice, blood spurt, Uranus castrated, howl of betrayal, ocean toss and drip, drip, drop onto mother earth we came to be. Monsters, they called us, and shrew and jealous and angry, Avenger and snake hair and black mouth, bodies twisted and torture song to drive men mad. Our most famous project, Orestes, that bloody mother killer, another story told, how we were charmed by honey-lipped Athena to shed our monstrous howling ways, come instead to a place of cavern in the righteous land, quash our hunger for vengeance and settle down. (laughs) So it was, or so it was told. Centuries passed and the grandness of our rage was lost. Muted, twisted, petty into nag, henpeck bitch how did those meat-handed men claim the realm of justice for their own you who wear women's bodies who should be inheritors of multiplicities had your shapes tamed by dull tongues craving the violence of simplicity pretty or dog uptight or slut mouth closed legs open doormat or ball breaker good wife or bunny boiler shut up or die. Words hailed down and settled on your skin like scales. You learn to silence your howl. We are sorry that our civilising deal left you with this legacy while the real monsters breathe at your backs, on your streets, in your homes. But under the carapace, deep in your flesh, a rumbling. True memory of us sets you moving. We feel you clambering towards us, bloodying your fingers to claw through soil, sediment, rock, edifice. All that you were told was impermeable, unshakable about who you are and what you can be. Your chest full of dirt, mouths clay-coated. We hear you. Our ears prick in the caves of the past where we presently live. Keep digging. There are buried words that need your teeth to shape them. Emotions with no name that only the pool of your body can sing. A silence like a hole where they said we died but we didn't. We've just been sleeping, skin clenched, waiting to wake. Thank you.
0: That was Emily Collier recorded live at Girls on Key in 2020. A few months ago, Girls on Key in Melbourne morphed into Radio Laria and, of course, still delivers a Poetry Night in a similar format and still with a focus on providing a platform for women and non binary poets. Girls on Key, however, continues in Sydney and beyond. And joining me now from Air Taroa is the founder of Girls on Key, Anna Forsyth. Anna, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you.
0: And what have you got planned over in, in Auckland?
2: At the moment, I'm fun employed. So I'm working on um, different projects to keep me um, afloat. Yeah, including um, and some work with Girls on Key that we're doing.
0: So Girls on Key has changed a little. Uh, what, what's Girls on Key up to these days?
2: Well, we still do events, we still do readings. Um, at the moment, we've got um, Zoom reading coming up at the end of this month um, which is our first one for a while after COVID and everything Um, so that's going to be with Talia Rubin who's a Canadian poet so we're actually using Twitter to do Twitter spaces which are events over Twitter and that's a new sort of technology that's come up that we can use which is really nice it's like an audio only room for people to have a reading.
0: Wow is that a brand new thing?
2: It is. So we've had a couple of those. It's like Clubhouse. I don't know if you know the app Clubhouse. It's very similar where you have a room and it's audio and you have people can come up on the stage and read. And anyone can join. Anyone on Twitter can join in, um,
0: which is very cool. So do people dial in from all over the world?
2: They do. Yeah. We have really international people coming in, um, which is really nice. It's good to have a different, try and different technology.
0: So did your interest in those technologies come out of the pandemic?
2: Um, yes, at the end of last year, I started to research a whole lot of new technologies um, like Web3 and the metaverse and NFTs and things for writers to see how we could use, utilize some of these technologies.
0: And which ones do you think will take off?
2: Well, I think the metaverse definitely has potential for hosting readings in a virtual world. Um, so taking it beyond Zoom and taking it into cool spaces online and um, that are really cool, well designed and um, funky and everything else
0: <laughs> <laughs> rather than the flat the flat squares on the screen
2: yeah yeah that's right so it just makes it a bit more interactive and you can walk around as an avatar and interact with people so actually feel like you're at an event which is really nice I might I'm actually even thinking about possibly I just now I had a thought of doing a writers festival in the metaverse uh,
0: are you talking about the the Facebook metaverse or a more generic kind of online space. I mean, how many metaverses are there now?
2: Yeah, well, there's actually quite a few metaverse platforms already. Um, obviously, Second Life, Fortnite, Roblox, um, Sandbox. Uh, there's one called Somnium Life. There's one called Outspace VR. There's quite a few different ones. And then obviously the meta mid, um, ones.
0: So which do you think would be the most appropriate for uh, poetry reading?
2: Well, we found one, an old space VR, which was a rooftop bar. Um, that was really cool. And me and my friend explored it on VR. We went in and had a look around, and it looked really cool. He even has microphones up on the stage and everything. So I think that was really cool.
0: And you need special equipment, like like a headset.
2: Um, you, some of them you can download onto your PC, and some of them you do, you do need a headset. So it's really fun. I'd like to. Um, I think the Writers Festival in the Metaverse would be a great first.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah, and it brings people in from all over the world. Yeah, and and potentially, uh, it has the potential to be uh, much more accessible.
2: It does, absolutely, yeah. And I made a beautiful gallery, um, of NFT gallery and um, an application called Spatial, and you can walk around the gallery and you can have um, people come in and talk, and that's that's another sort of metaverse as well.
0: And there's a, a much more terrestrial project that you're working on, yes. um, I've heard, an anthology by Girls on Key. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yes. So we're working on an anthology called Shoot the Breeze. And it's basically anyone who's read it Girls on Key ever can submit poems, um, women and non-binary. And then um, it's about friendship and camaraderie, um, Shoot the Breeze. I really feel like Girls on Key, you know, it's building connections between poets and um, helping people to build community. Subscribe to 3CR. Where else can you hear radical news, analysis, music and opinions? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 9419 8377.
3: Thank you, 3CR. We love you.
0: you had your COVID-19 booster vaccine? The Murdoch Children's Research Institute, located at Royal Children's Hospital, are looking for people aged 18 years or older who have not yet received a COVID-19 booster vaccine to participate in the COVID-19 booster trial. You will either be given a standard or reduced dose Pfizer or Moderna booster, and you will receive your antibody test results. For more information, contact covid.booster at mcri.edu.au. The Murdoch Children's Research Institute is a 3CR supporter. You are listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. And I'm chatting with the founder of Girls on Key, Anna Forsyth. When did Girls on Key begin?
2: It's that's 2014, actually. So about eight years ago.
0: And and what was it like then? What was the what was the poetry landscape like back then?
2: Well, interestingly it's actually a music event first girls on key so we women who play piano and sing got together and did some gigs at open studio and then it stuck around and it became poetry and um yeah then i sort of got to link in a bit more with the poetry scene here and i mean in melbourne i mean and um yeah we've had been to about five different cities with events now
0: and do you know why it became a poetry event i mean did that just happen organically
2: it did actually, it did because I was already sort of going to poetry open mics and enjoying them, and um, I just I didn't know if the piano singing thing was sustainable, so I wanted to try something different. It was um, ended up being a winner.
0: Yeah, and there's been some uh, amazing features at Girls on Key.
2: There has been some amazing features. Yeah, we've had um over a hundred different features over the years because we've had um events in Orange. Newcastle, Castlemaine, um, New Zealand, um, Sydney, Melbourne, and Wollongong. So the event coming up is on the 31st of July, Sunday, the 31st of July, and it's going to be a Zoom one, and it's at 11 o'clock Australian time. We're going to be um, fundraising a little bit through the gigs to, have to help to fund the anthology.
0: So, so what sort of poetry are you looking for?
2: Well, mainly just tales of friendship, really. Anything that entails that, um, that, anything that that entails. I mean, it's just a great chance to remember um, the connections that we make along the way. And yeah, I just thought it would be a nice topic.
0: And how do people submit?
2: So well, there's a drop form link which I'll give you to put up, and that they send off to um, through a form and submit up to three poems, fifty lines each. And there's no charge to enter. Um, and what they'll get is a copy of the anthology and they can actually sell the anthology um, wherever they go. So they get the rights to sell it and um, they can purchase author copies at a discounted rate. So they can have their own stash to, to send off or print off or whatever.
0: And how will Girls on Key distribute the book?
2: I'm actually just um, at the moment, I've been in touch with all the bookshops about distribution at the moment. So I'm looking for how to do that and learning how to do distribution.
0: Will it be online as well?
2: Um, that's a good idea. I can make an e-zine of it and pop that up. Um, that would be quite cool.
0: And uh, what is the deadline for submissions?
2: It's actually the 31st, so the day of our event. So if you come to our event and read on Zoom, then you can actually enter.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pop the details on our webpage, 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. Where well, you'll be able to download a podcast of this interview.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we've um, published over 20 books now through Girls on Key.
0: Yeah, and some uh, some amazing writers.
2: Yes. We've published um, Gabriel Everall, Dominic Heck, Eliana Gray, Gail Hennessy, Magdalena Ball, Sarah Crane, Emma Falecon, Jan Dean, Jocelyn Dean, Paige Maitland, Kristen Decline, Leila Lois, Lillian Everdean, Rebecca Trowbridge, Nicole Raincellers, Pixie Willow, Priyanka Bromhead, Shruti Serene, and Rose Lucas.
0: In such a short amount of time, too.
2: Yes. So over about oh, when did we start? 2018. So four years now. Mm. We've done three kind of series of books um, throughout.
0: Yeah. It's a stressful thing to publish a book. Does that does that take its toll on you?
2: It has, yeah. I think. me personally I used my personal finances for some of the funding so I'm trying to keep it sustainable and trying at this time I'm trying to actually fundraise to get more money so that I can be paid for my own work Um, because the number of hours that I put in personally is quite a lot so I want to make sure that I get some compensation for my work as well um, this time yeah because with the books I actually call it my university that I use it to learn how to how to be a publisher, how to be an editor on the fly, on the job. So I call it my university. I think it's the best voluntary thing you can do to learn how to do it. <laughs>
0: Throw yourself in the deep end.
2: That's right. Yeah, and then you have to learn as you go, and then yeah, that's it's really good.
0: <laughs> and then you're you're helping someone else get their work out there in the in the process.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I really love that. So,
0: and have you been working on anything yourself?
2: I have. I actually have a new book. Um, called The Unknown Great.
0: Well, congratulations. Um, probably can't ask you to read anything from a new work if it's yet to be published.
2: <laughs> I can read something from Beatty Bictoese.
0: That would be a great idea.
2: Thank you. Okay. okay. Body of Haiku Insomnia. I watch the shadows, darting ghosts and seeds of light. The moon's eye is open. My scorched throat is dry. I listen to breath's whistle, the birds are writhing. Hands sleep, not for long. Now they gather up blankets, dream of grim reaper. My heart beat trembling, mountains quaking on my chest, nipples frozen flags. Vivaldi's seasons, this will be my lullaby, all four concertos.
0: It's lovely. Have you noticed a shift in your style since you wrote that book?
2: Yeah, I mean, this book has a little dash of humour. Dash of kind of something a bit reflective in, in everyday life um, situations. I do, I think I do tend to, towards that style. Um, Shall I read one more?
0: Yes, please.
2: The qualities of your light. You were a lightning rod. From that first moment, my eye shuddered awake. The rooms here are always dim, mornings self-conscious, stuttering daylight even wordless, you articulate the bright edge, sharp, your mesmerizing motion, that black coat is not a bushel that would like work to hide you, my eyes are late, clouds, dew, fog, but your words cut a sway, the perfect shade of illumination, let me ask again, as the morning invites the sun, shall we rise and dance? <laughs> so yeah, this is a couple of poems from Beatific Toast, my um, second book,
0: is that about a person in particular or, or something else?
2: Well, it's always about a person, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you're writing a poem like that, are you thinking specifically about the person? or Because to the reader, it doesn't make a difference. They'll be conjuring up somebody else.
2: No, it doesn't. It doesn't, you know, and I use my creative license um, when I'm thinking about the person. So, yeah.
0: So you'll be back in Sydney soon?
2: I will, yeah, probably in the next few months, I think.
0: What are poetry audiences like in Sydney?
2: I'm not sure. It's just um, a lovely audience, really, yeah, supportive people. Um, There's a good, you know, good little poetry scene with a few different digs around. Um, Poetry Sydney, Angela Street, runs an awesome um, dig series um, there, and yeah.
0: And how does it compare to Melbourne.
2: I think Melbourne is a lot da- more diverse. I think Sydney is a bit disparate, disparate to be honest. Um, people tend to congregate in different areas around particular ethnicities. There's sort of pockets of different places where people live. And so geographically, like the Bankstown Poetry Slam would be a different demographic to other, other areas. So it's not as diverse in general as um, it is in Melbourne. Um, And it's easier to get around in Melbourne, so it's harder to establish good readings. You know, you've got to find good venues in Sydney and um, accessible venues and, you know, things like that.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: No problem. See you later.
0: For details on how to submit to the Girls on Key poetry anthology, please look up Girls on Key on socials. We'll also make them available with the podcast of this show at 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. And there you can also find a link to contribute your own poetry to be broadcast on the radio here at 3CR. To take us out of the show today, I'll play one such contribution from Macho Cassidy. Macho is an adventure persuasive writer and performance poet, and notes that this piece was inspired by often being asked, where are you from? macho says for someone of color i get asked this quite often and as a mixed person sometimes it feels invasive and superficial
3: and it spurs my mind to wonder so i created this sometimes i wonder i wonder where my homeland is is it here or there or somewhere in between but i only wonder sometimes i know that bridging the gap can only be crossed if the connection is inherited but for me i struggle to hold on to that heritage The ideas that most of us are blessed with. The comfort of not feeling like I'm meant to be somewhere else when I'm here. Realizing that thousands of miles away adaptations go astray and what goes on between homes is unknown to most. The feelings I felt growing up was the fear of not knowing myself. See as a child I never felt more outside the box. Not being able to tick when it came to one ethnicity they thought that two was a lot Not being able to cope no matter which side of the globe I was on, only half of me was accepted. See, I've always fallen within the cracks of the land I stand in, not knowing if I belong anywhere. Not until I realize that I don't need anyone to accept me, for the land is what gives acceptance. My home is where I've been inherited. Like the current pushes the water between the lands and my feet, As I look into the horizon trying to find a reflection in the sea, trying to sculpt my homeland while I'm standing on the beach, I don't realize that I'm already there.